The Denver Nuggets fall to 0-3 at Summer League after losing to the Utah Jazz. Some of the players look good, some not so much. Let's talk through it. This is Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Mades, and I appreciate you making this your first listen each and every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Matt Moore, enjoying the final day of vacation for him. He'll be back with me tomorrow. And I look forward to hearing all of his takes about the young Summer League Denver Nuggets as they drop to 0-3 to the Utah Jazz. It's been a rough Summer League for Coach John Beckett, but there are still some interesting things to take away. This is a game. The Nuggets fall 91-96. First of all, Utah Jazz have a very nice Summer League team. They've got good players, including Achaya Baji, Christian Brown's former teammate at Kansas, who was very good, good three-point shooter, played real minutes in the NBA for the Utah Jazz last year. Um, so he's a he's a really good player. George, who went down in the second half, a very good player. So they just have some guys, Micah Potter, that have experience under their belt, and it's no surprise they're 3-0 and in Summer League. But again, the end score, hardly the story for Summer League games in general. If you really want to boil down why the Nuggets lost this game, they had a bench unit that was absolutely horrendous and uh, got murdered in the few minutes that they were actually on the court. Coach Beckett went away from them pretty quickly. Players like Grant Golden, a minus 14 in just seven minutes. Not that it was necessarily his fault, but Denver went small in the second half, played a tighter rotation. Andrew Funk uh, out of Penn State, not really a prospect for, for the Nuggets. He goes three minutes as a minus 10. So you look at the – if you throw out those bench minutes that they played, it really wasn't that bad of a game. The starters were in the positive, all of them in the positive for this game. I thought the first half was a little shakier. Second half, I think the team got a little bit under control, and we'll talk about some of the reasons that I thought um, that was uh, that was the reason that that happened. Um, but let's just go through, rather than break down the flow of the game, I think it's more interesting if we talk about who played well and who are the standouts. And I'm actually going to start with Julian Strother, who scored 21 points tonight on 7 of 17 shooting, including 3 of 11. He hit... Uh, accidental Sambor shuffle at the buzzer to give him his third three. So he was two of 10 before that, finished three of 11. He had three rebounds, no other stats. I don't think this was a great game from Julian Strother. This is the third straight game where he hasn't been able to find his three-point shot. But the reason I'm starting with him, I mean, he did get 21 points. But the reason I'm starting with him is I'm actually impressed with his uh, with two things. One, he kept shooting. You know, he is now, what is this, 5'7"? I think he's something like 7 of 30 from 3 in Summer League. Shooting is his big skill. And the fact that he has been willing to still fire away um, tells you that the guy has confidence and that he has some kind of mental toughness. A lot of guys get tight whenever they miss shots and will pass up good shots. There was one shot I thought in the first half that Julian Strother passed up that I kind of was like, man, you got to let that one fly. But – he still, I thought, continued to let it go. 17 shots is hard to get up. And just the fact that he got him up despite not having a great shooting night, I think, is still impressive in some way. And then, more importantly, how did he get to 21 points? Well, he got to the foul line for six free throws, and he got to the cup. I think one thing with Julian Strother that I wonder is, is he a guy that's going to be able to have a game out inside of the three-point line that's not a floater? I've talked about it a lot. 
that he goes to that floater, I think, too much. Well, this was a game where he didn't settle for it. He tried to get to the rim. He finished through contact. He had a couple tough finishes around the basket. And more importantly, he seemed determined to go to the rim. So while it wasn't a great game, and I'm sure he left some things on the table he would have liked to have cleaned up, I'm still impressed with sort of his his mental toughness in this one and the fact that he kept going. The other big standout for me, I mean, the four main guys, I think, were all good standouts. First of all, Peyton Watson did not play in this game. And I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him again at Summer League. Maybe we see him on Friday night, but I think that's the only other game he might play. Peyton Watson's a guy that the Nuggets already know they're going to go with. I think they know he's going to be the backup small forward for the season. And I think they wanted to get a look at him in this environment, you know, being extra aggressive. And I think they saw what they needed to see from him. Um, and while I was up and down and had, you know, a little bit more mixed in what I saw from him, I don't think one game was going to drastically change, um, you know, how the Nuggets viewed him. And so I, they might shut him down. We'll see. Maybe they just wanted to give him a day off. But you have to also think they had two days off coming into this game. Um, so it's not like they needed extra rest. Maybe a little knee was banged up or ankle or something like that. But for me, it looks like this is more they saw what they needed to see and they probably wanted to give these other guys a chance to, to show something else. Who stepped up at that small forward position? Well, Hunter Tyson, of course, who's been one of the big standouts. He gets a double-double in this game. 19 points, 12 rebounds, two assists, one steal. I think he has had the best summer league of all of the players, um, at least all of the rookies. And I, I'm very high on Jalen uh, Pickett. I'll get to him in the next segment. I thought he did a lot of really interesting stuff in this game. But Hunter Tyson continues to show some resolve. Uh, some shot making. He goes three of nine from the three point line, which isn't great, but also not terrible. Five of 12. And he had some just some good all around plays. One of the plays that stands out the most to me for Hunter Tyson, he is guarding on the perimeter. He gets shook so bad that he falls down, quickly bounces back up. The whole gym does the like, oh, you know, he gets, he, he gets shook and he falls down, touches the ground. Quickly pops back up, doesn't give up on the play. A lot of guys will fall down and kind of sit there and slowly get up, you know, tail between the legs. He pops right up off the ground, contests the shot, and forces him into a brick. So you think, oh, he cooked him, he's going to finish the play. Nope, he gets up, challenges it. It's actually a good defensive sequence, despite the fact that he fell over. And then he goes the other direction and kind of takes an FU three-pointer. And I say FU because it was one of those ones where he's like, no, I'm not going to let this play end without me getting him back. And he pulls up a three on a you know a semi-open shot and absolutely drains it. I love Hunter Tyson. I think I'm fully in on him after this game and after these three games in Summer League. I'm not sure if he's going to play a lot of minutes next year. My guess is that he won't be in the rotation, that this will sort of be a more or less a redshirt year where he gets opportunities when guys get hurt, but that he's behind enough guys that it won't be very often that he steps on the court. But nonetheless... He's a guy that I think Denver Nuggets fans are going to enjoy rooting for. Just his toughness, his motor, his competitiveness. I mean, competitiveness is such an underrated trait for people in the NBA level. That guy wants to win. He wants to compete. And to go out there and grab 12 rebounds, part of this was because Coach Beckett clearly didn't trust his bigs in this game. They played small a lot, and you need to be able to clean the glass. And while there was moments where Denver did not do a good job collectively at that, they did give up 10 offensive rebounds to just to their six. But nonetheless, a lot of those came in little pockets where there were three, four in a row. And Hunter Tyson did his part, grabbing 12 rebounds, a game-high 12 rebounds of any player on either team. So I thought he was great in this one. He continued to make good shots. 
He continued to take good shots, and he did a little bit of everything on the offensive end. He had a great cut to the back uh, to the basket, backdoor cut that uh, Jalen Pickett found him on for a dunk. I just thought he had a bunch of good plays. Hunter Tyson's a player, and you know, on a more developing team, maybe he would be playing a little bit quicker. But he's a guy that I, I said this on the last show. I think he's going to look better the more he's around other good players. So I was impressed with him uh, quite a bit. Let me know in the comments what you guys thought about him um, here watching live on our YouTube show. Bird dogs make you look good. Bird, do bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made off of stiff, restricted cotton. Bird Dogs fixed that issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. And guys, that's the ad read, but I'm telling you, I got a couple pairs here uh, as sort of the promotional item. Check them out. Look at them what you think. They're fantastic. They're so comfy. They fit like basketball shorts, but they look like, you know, a dresser short, like more of a, a formal looking short. So they look good and they feel good uh, and they fit incredibly well. Go to birddogs.com, locked on NBA, or enter promo code locked on NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler. That's birddogs.com, locked on NBA, or use promo code locked on NBA and get a free Yeti style tumbler. It's really fantastic pair of pants. You guys are going to enjoy them. And then, of course, you get that free gift. We'll be back on the other side with more Locked On. Back here, segment two, Locked On Nuggets podcast. Matt Moore will be back tomorrow. We'll look forward to that and hearing all of his takes. I'm Adam Matas, and I'm giving you all of mine here as we go through the players. Next guy up, my guy, Jalen Pickett. Plays 31 minutes tonight, the second most on the team behind Julian Strother. He gets 12 points, six rebounds, eight assists, three block shots, goes for three turnovers. He was 0 for 1 from the three-point line, six of nine from the field. He missed his first two shots. He made six of his next seven. Um, a little bit of an up-and-down game from him. The first half, you know, you play this starting lineup that features both point guards, which I've talked about not really liking. But it wasn't terrible. It was okay. I thought there was a little bit of, you know, both Colin and Jalen are both, in my opinion, too unselfish. They're both trying not to step on each other's toes and not dominate the ball. You go to the staggered lineup that featured the bench, and I think it was an absolute disaster. Both guys got a chance running with the bench. Both guys, it was really ugly. And I think a lot of that has to do with the bench wasn't making shots. Just one three made out of, let me see this, out of nine. So one of nine shooting off of bench players. And you so you, you're not getting the spacing in that way. Rebounding wasn't there. And then on top of that, it just wasn't a very good unit. So Denver got steamrolled in the minutes that they played with their bench unit. Pickett and Gillespie both looked bad trying to orchestrate and run that uh, unit independent of the other. In the second half, I thought Coach Beckett shortened his rotation a little bit. And both guys got a chance running blended lineups. And both guys did a much better job, both Pickett and Gillespie, in the second half. Pickett, in particular, I thought, took over the game as the point guard in the second half. And it's funny because we talk, um, you know, on the show a lot about booty ball. You know, they go to, uh, you know, booty ball. And, uh, you know, it's really, really hard to guard. 
Which is funny, first of all, that nobody wants to say booty ball. It's funny that on the broadcast, they had somebody come on. I don't even remember who it was. And nobody would say it. They kept saying, is it bully ball? What are you doing? Like, To me, booty ball is not that silly that people can't say it. I'm almost sad that people don't want us to use this word in the lexicon. I think it's fantastic. And it also really explains his style. And as I see in the comments here from somebody from Ted here, booty ball works. It really does. I thought in the second half, um, Jalen Pickett took over the game in large part by doing his slow pace back down, find the open shooter. Now, Denver did not shoot the ball well, just 23% from the field in this uh, in this one. And that includes Julian uh, Strother's buzzer-beating one-legged heave that went in. So really, it could have been worse than that and should have been worse than that. But they generated good looks, and I thought Pickett in particular with eight assists could have easily had 11, 12 assists if guys would have made their threes at a little bit of a higher clip. But I thought he did a good job of orchestrating the offense in the second half and getting the ball where it needed to be. I do think that some of his size and some of his speed in particular um, has stood out in in a negative way at portions of this summer league so far, including in this game. But for the most part, his style is so unique that I just think it's hard to expect the team to say, hey, we're going to fit in around you. You do your thing. Summer league is more, I mean, they only practice so much and there's other players who are trying to to sort of shine and you don't shine by standing around and watching him. So I think he'll look better and he did look better as he played his style and team played around him. But that in and of itself is an interesting comment because Jalen Pickett's not going to come into the regular Denver Nuggets and have the team play around him. He's going to have to blend his style and slowly over the course of one, maybe two seasons, take over responsibilities as the team learns to trust him more. Think about Jokic in the early days. In hindsight, they probably should have played through him every possession the way they do now. He was capable of doing it even back then, even if it was at a lesser rate. The best games we remember from Jokic's rookie and sophomore seasons were the games where they really played through him and the ball got popping. But we know that was a process. You wouldn't just trust that guy right out of the package. Jalen Pickett's not as good as Nikola Jokic. He's not as physically gifted as Nikola Jokic. So you can expect it to be even more difficult to sort of wrangle the offense and have players trust him. Nonetheless, so so he's going to get moments, I think, even next season whenever there's an injury. He'll have opportunities where he's going to be the point guard and the ball will be in his hands, and I think he'll be able to play his style. But I think his the key to his success next season is really going to be how well does he fit around guys uh, when he just has to be off ball, when he has to play like Bruce Brown as a secondary ball handler, not a primary one. Now, first of all, I actually, this is going to sound surprising. I don't love Jalen Pickett's fit with Jokic. I like it because I like everybody's fit with Jokic, and I think he's good, but he's not particularly better next to Jokic than a lot of other players that have come through Denver. He's a good shooter, not a great one. He doesn't have a ton of size. His skill set overlaps with Jokic's skill set in that he generates good offense. But Jokic handles that responsibility. I think Pickett will be good there, but not great, not special. My hope for him with this Nuggets roster is that I think he, the way you play around Jokic, the same rules of spacing, cutting, uh, screening, all of those things are the same for how you should play around, around Pickett. So I'm more optimistic about him as a guy that would be able to have the Nuggets play Similar principles, but different style when Jokic is not on the court. And that's the part that I'm excited with. But he's going to have to be able to shine in 
situations that aren't perfect for him in order for him to get to the point where the situation is perfect. And I think in the summer league, I would probably give him a B in that in that regard. I would give him an A in a lot of other things, including playing booty ball the way he did at points tonight. But I'd give him a B in terms of he's looked a little passive, um, you know, and a little uncomfortable at times trying not to hold onto the ball too long and get it get it going to different places. So I'm curious to see how he grows there, and I think it's going to be one of the main challenges for him uh, in his rookie season. That brings us to Colin Gillespie. He had 10 points tonight, four rebounds, five assists, four steals, huge four steals, and just one turnover. He goes four of 13, including two of nine from three. So he didn't shoot the ball very well or score the ball very well today, but he did a lot of everything else, including that five assists stands out and four steals. So you get eight assists from Jalen Pickett, five from Colin Gillespie. Point guards did a pretty decent job, all things considered. Guys just didn't make shots. Four steals really stands out. Colin finished at the rim a shot today, which I think was important for, you know, for me. He had a nice little reverse. He was gun shy a little bit after game two. He got his shot blocked a couple times and passed up some shots at the rim that he could have taken and made, but I think he was just a little shook. Um, he did a much better job today. Um, you know, again, he was a plus four. All the starters in the positive in this one, and he helped uh, in, with some big plays on the comeback. I don't know that I have any major standouts from him. I still continue to think that between him and Pickett, there was not a lot of speed on the court, and that was one of the things that I think the Denver Nuggets are missing. But Colin, I thought, had a um, semi-remarkable game that I thought was was pretty good, not, not great. Sometimes in life we're faced with tough choices, and the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationships, or anything else, Therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. I have a very stressful life with DNVR being in a startup. You never know what the future holds and a lot of tough decisions always having to be made. And I'm really lucky that I have great people in my life that I can consult uh, whenever I have those issues arrive. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So if you don't like the therapist that you're with, it's one of the things I love about BetterHelp is they don't take anything personally. They're just trying to find the best person for you. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. We'll be right back with more LockedOnNBA. Final segment here, Locked On Nuggets. Um, so... At this moment, you know, Kamagate did not play tonight. Peyton Watson did not play tonight. And Grant Golden only played seven minutes. Um, the Nuggets were very small. They were small coming in. They were very small tonight. I think because of the dynamics of the roster with Colin being a guy who's been in the system now for a year, he's going to continue to start and continue to play. I think Pickett is obviously going to continue to start and continue to play. So I think the Nuggets' flaws as a roster, the Summer League Nuggets' flaws as a roster, probably aren't going to go anywhere. 
and I think that's okay. You know, you're, you can still evaluate these guys as individuals. I will say I find it a little bit funny that I've seen so many people say you can't take anything away from Summer League. I understand the sentiment. It's easy for people to go overboard. People like me, analysts, fans, it's people to go overboard. But I will say this. There's hundreds of scouts at Summer League. <laughs> you wouldn't fly people out. And these are scouts from Europe, EuroLeague, and different leagues around the world. This is scouts from NBA. I was talking to a lot of NBA guys, you know, Denver Nuggets guys while I was out there. Uh, front office, scouts, different people around the team. They're watching almost every single game. And the reason they're watching them is because you don't just pick guys that are on your summer league team. You want to start to build uh, notes and have ideas for players on all of these rosters and say, hey, that's a guy that might fit our system that we might want as part of our program. And so there's certainly a lot that you can take away from summer league. I think you have to be very careful. It's like that... Um, it's like the funny quote that we got from Eric Spolstra uh, during the finals. You know, it's the untrained eye. I think the untrained eye can misanalyze a lot of things. And, you know, I'm very confident in my analysis as a basketball player and my background as a basketball analyst. But even I understand that you, I miss a lot more than I hit, you know, miss a lot in terms of like, did I notice the thing that was most important in a weird setting? I miss a lot. Scouts will tell you the same. Like I said, I had dinner with scouts. I had talked to scouts. I had drinks with scouts. You get you get the real when you're out in summer league, when you have relationships with guys. They'll tell you, like, man, this is hard. You try your hardest to really, you know, watch the tape and see things, and, and, and you try to project going forward, but it's hard, and this is why people miss on so many things. But you can take things away from summer league. And, you know, I did go back and rewatch this game, so now all three summer league games I've watched twice. <laughs> a little bit of a maniac, I know it, but – but, you know, I enjoy this stuff quite a bit. The things I've taken away from this, you know, if, if you ask me who are the most ready guys right now to contribute, I still think Jalen Pickett is probably number one. He, I, I mean, oh, Peyton Watson is number one. I mean, but, but let's he didn't even play tonight. I think he shut down. So let's go. Peyton Watson right now I think is a lock to be – I shouldn't say a lock. Almost as close to a lock as you can get to be the backup small forward on game – on night number one of the NBA season. I think that that – is as close to a lock without being a lock as it can be. Michael Malone has to make that ultimate decision, but I think the team hopes for him to be that, and I think even Michael Malone hopes for him to be that. Past that, I think it's certainly Reggie Jackson like is going to be that, and I don't think any of these other guys like on opening night are, are, are in the rotation. But I do look at Jalen Pickett as a guy that, to me, just has the basketball IQ, experience, fundamentals to that you could plug him in, and I don't think it would be a disaster by any means. He doesn't make terrible mistakes defensively, although he did have a couple tonight. He did have a couple like brain fart defensive plays tonight where he just missed the rotation. He missed on a charge that he would, he saw, but he just was late, late to rotating. I don't know if it was fatigue or what, um, but he did miss a few plays tonight. But I think by and large, he understands and will pick up on the NBA system and the NBA need to um, dot your I's and cross your T's. I think he's as close to ready there. And then I like his skill set. I want to see a little bit more from him in terms of controlling the game. It's not lost on me that in all three games, he has looked his best at the end of the game when I feel like he has most said, F it, I got to take over. We're down. Nuggets have trailed in all three games, have lost all three games, but they trailed and they kind of stormed back too late. And a lot of that has been Jalen Pickett making good point guarding plays down the stretch. So I think it's in there and I think he's probably just trying to figure out how not to be too assertive and, and, and work with things. But I think he's a guy that I would trust. Uh, Hunter Tyson's another guy that I think I would trust right now. 
I don't know how he's going to hold up. Like there's going to be some teams where this is going to be really dangerous. You look at a Clippers team that has a lot of size off of their bench and strength. How will he handle that if he has to go against a staggered lineup and get switched out onto a Paul George or a Kawhi Leonard? Is he going to look hopeless defensively? I don't know. But he's a guy that's to me seems to be low mistake. He knows how to play basketball and he has one skill that's going to get him on the court and that's shooting. And then just the ability to cut and do everything else, I think he's going to be pretty good at. So Hunter Tyson, while I don't think he will play just because of where he's at, there's a lot of players that can play in those spots. I do think he's a guy that looks like he is polished enough to go. Um, Colin Gillespie, to me, is the guy that looks – I mean, I think a lot of this is injury, to be honest with you. I think Colin is a lot better than what we've seen at Summer League. He's coming back from injury, and he just doesn't look like he has the same – steadiness we called him steady gillespie last year he hasn't been quite as steady this year um we he looked like a true point guard more last year this year he's kind of looked a little bit more like a scoring point guard or a pick and roll point guard with some playmaking clearly he got the five assists tonight but it wasn't like last year what i would have compared him to say a monte morris or a tyus jones or somebody like that he hasn't quite looked like that mold but i think a lot of that is coming back from the injury and then julian strother to me is probably the guy that looks the furthest away from being an nba player but he's also the guy that has probably suffered the most from this two guard lineup so it's hard to say also his shot hasn't fallen i mean it, there's no two ways around it he's been throwing up bricks this the summer league we saw this with um uh, Christian Brown last year. Christian Brown's a much better shooter than what he showed at Summer League. What did he shoot, like 11% at Summer League? Christian Brown's not a great shooter, but he wasn't nearly as bad as he looked in Summer League. I think Julian Strother, we have a large sample size that says he is capable and um, you know capable of making shots at volume. He just hasn't done it. I hope he gets it on Friday because I think we'd all feel a lot better about him if he did. I mean, he had 21 points tonight despite being off from three a good shooting game from him. And I think we would all feel a little bit better, but nonetheless, I do think there's more gaps in his game where the NBA level, I think those gaps will be exposed a little bit. So I think he's a guy that I, I think is even less likely at the moment, maybe than Hunter Tyson to get on the court. And then off top of that, you just look at Denver's guard depth. You know, they have players, they have guys that are going to be in the, those spots. Um, so that's kind of how I would break it down. And then guys like Kamagate, again, I just, I said the other day, I think I'm out on him. I don't I don't have a lot of faith that he's going to bounce back. Um, you look at Grant Golden tonight, just seven minutes. He was a minus 14 in those seven minutes and didn't play a lot. I know a lot of people have been speculating, oh, I'll bet he's going to be the next two-way guy. I mean, we'll see. I will say that there's a couple – there's three reasons you have a two-way. The most common reason is you have a prospect that you think is going to be a full-time NBA player. That's the most common use of a two-way. I don't think Grant Golden fits that – that bill. I don't think you will ever see Grant Golden go into a season as the second center. I just don't think that's his mold. He's a good player. He might go to Europe and have a great career, but I don't think that he's going to be in the in in the NBA. Then you have a guy that is, you know, he's never going to be the number one or number two prospect, but he's going to be a heck of a number three for one or two seasons. And we have him on a two-way. And if there's an injury, we don't have to go pick up a new big. We'll just bring this guy in and he can give you 10 minutes without ruining your season. If you need to give you 10 minutes for like two weeks, he's not going to ruin your season. There's a lot of players like that. I don't think Grant Golden is that either, to be honest with you, because I don't think he can defend at a high enough level to be that. The third type of two-way would be a guy that you want on your team because you feel that he helps your system um, have some kind of continuity. I think Grant Golden is more that type of player. He is like the G League version of Jokic. And I think there is some value if you're going to send down a Hunter Tyson, a Julian Strother, a Colin Gillespie, 
um, even a Jalen Pickett, there's something to having a guy there that can run the same offense, a very unique style of play that uh, that Jokic and Denver runs, uh, that you have a guy there that can do those same things. And I think he's a guy that kind of fits that bill. So I like Grant Golden. I just don't think of him in any way as a prospect. I think he kind of is what he is. That does it for me tonight, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed my breakdown. Matt Moore will be back with me tomorrow at some time, and I'll see everybody then.